Weirdo Weirdo Bookworms Unite! Unite. Do your reading tastes range from dystopian sci-fi to middle-grade fantasy? Dark psychological thrillers to gory body horror? From YA paranormal swords and sorcery? Extraterrestrials? Murder? Mayhem! And beyond! Then we want to share our love of reading with you! Welcome home. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Um, This book is a bit to do with Valentine's Day, I guess, kind of, no, maybe. Except not at all. There's some romance in there. Well, yeah, it's a book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it exists. It, it, has, it has human beings in it. So, yeah, I guess there's some romance. I suppose so. Well, this is Sandra Scott and Stitches from the Genre Junkies joining you today. Literally, we sat down to record and producer Stitches uh, plodded along and plopped right up on her producer blanket. It's so cute. She just knows. She just knows what we're doing. Uh, Tonight's episode is going to be The Inheritance of Orquedia Divina, a novel by Zoreda Cordova. Yeah. Very excited to talk about this book. Uh, But before we do... We always like to share a little something with you guys. Yeah. Uh, we finished Archive 81. It is so good. It is so you good. You really should watch it. It's so good. You really should watch it. Um, on the Cold Show last week, it was my pick, and I picked um, the, uh, the Blood on Satan's Claw. Or Blood on Satan's Claw. Yeah, depending on who you ask. Um, which is a classic, classic folk horror. And I know we have fans of folk horror who listen and fans of cultish activity movies and books. And if you haven't seen that one, it's it's an important part of your horror education, in my opinion. And if you haven't seen that episode of The Cult Show, you absolutely should. I am officially on that episode. It's, we all, play, it's all there. We play a really great game, Sandra's Idea, at the end of the show that's a lot of fun. So check it out. Oh, thank you so much. Um, anything you wanted to share besides that? I mean, I will just say that I am in the process of building a new production PC for both uh, for all both, the shows. Oh, for all the shows. It's for all the shows. Um, I am planning on streaming some, if not all, of the building process uh, sometime in the next week or so. Maybe look out for that next weekend. Uh, if you want to take a look, uh, make sure you subscribe to The Cult Show on YouTube. That's The Cult Show, one word. Or uh, Scottastic on Twitch. There you have it. All right. Without further ado, I suppose we should talk about this delightful, delightful book, Let's in my opinion. Go. The Inheritance of Orcadia Divina. The Montoyas are used to a life without explanations. They know better than to ask why the pantry never seems to run low, or why their matriarch won't ever leave their home in Four Rivers, not for graduations, weddings, or baptisms. But when Orcadia Divina invites them to her funeral to collect their inheritance, they hope to learn the secrets that she has held onto so tightly their whole life. Lives. Instead, Orchidea is transformed into a cyber tree, leaving them with more questions than answers. Seven years later, her gifts have manifested in different ways for Marimar, Ray, and Rhiannon, granting them unexpected blessings and powers. But soon, a hidden figure begins to tear through their family tree, picking them off one by one as it seeks to destroy Orchidea's line. Determined to save what's left of their family and uncover the truth behind their inheritance, her descendants travel to Ecuador, to the place where Orchidea buried her secrets and broken promises and never looked back. Mm. Oh my goodness, this book. 
I knew I was going to like this book. I knew I was going to like this book. Uh, I just had that feeling. And then when I started to read it, you know, you just that feeling kind of comes over you. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't know how much I would love it. I knew I was going to like this book as well because I was really looking for like an urban fantasy to, uh, you know, to to scrub my brain with and enjoy. Uh, yeah. Man, I love this book. And we're not the only ones. This is a this is a book that is, I think, really well received by most people. Um, it goes without saying, perhaps, that I was absolutely obsessed with this book. This is an absolute obsession for me. I'm I'm calling this an obsession as well. Uh, I found I, I listened to a lot of this on audiobook, and I found reasons to drive a little bit further so Aww. I could listen to a little bit more of the, of the uh, book. It's re it, I I absolutely obsessed with it. Yeah, they did. They did it well, is what you said. Like it was really, really good. Yeah, really good audiobook. It's narrated by Frankie Corzo, who does an incredible job. Um, just a really nice narration style. That's uh, it's like a, a sip of cool water. <laughs> it's very refreshing. Just very refreshing in this winter um, summer that we're having in our neck of the woods fall these summer. days. Our <laughs> full summer, exactly. Um, yeah, this book is is about inheritance. It's about generations. It's about magic. It's um, it's about kind of an experience of homeland and escape i it's so much it's a lot of stuff and it's all told in this way that feels like some sort of fairy tale it unfolds like a fairy tale even though it's contemporary and the characters are contemporary it feels just very fairy tale like it does feel fairy tale like and, and even in so much as the way it's the style and pacing of it is kind of unique mm -hmm. um it 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 makes some choices that are non-traditional when it comes to like i mean timelines uh character development things like that i don't think technically this book is magical realism but it's like akin to that like if you if you're into magical realism in books you would enjoy this. I mean, maybe it is a type of magical realism. I don't know. It, it's not with the definition that I kind of learned it as, but eh, maybe it is. I mean, I don't know. It's it's that it's that energy though. It does have that kind of energy, but it also I I will just say, um, and we'll talk about it in the spoiler section. But I did not expect where this book was going. I did not expect the end. I did oh, not expect yeah. the 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 you know you know when it's when it's all laid out to you at the end right um it was unique in a way that i was not anticipating i think that's actually really true and i think i i agree with that there was things that i was expecting to happen from the description of the book and i was kind of like okay you know we're getting to this turn in the road this this one here but um it really took me into some places that i was not expecting to happen and that's always such a cool pleasant surprise so we know this story is about a family. So there's lots of different characters in here. Um, there's a great plot, but it, I I would say it's very character heaven he character heavy character driven. Um, let's talk about some of these characters. Do you have a favorite character? I mean, I I don't know if I have a favorite. There's things that I like about so many of them. I mean, I really love Orchidea, of uh, course. Oh, I mean. Orchidia is fascinating and, and and like you definitely get the most 
you know, interest from mm-hmm. from her. But uh, Marimar is great. I love Marimar. Uh, Ray is not my favorite, but he's oh a my lot God. of fun. I adore Ray. He might be my favorite. Really cool too, of course. Um, in from what I could tell, uh, a nice um, depiction of a gay man. Not a gay man, so I can't say. You know, of course, always seek out and own voices. Also seek out and own voices reviews since these characters are Ecuadorian American mm-hmm. folk. But um, I, I really loved the way Ray was portrayed. I I just really fell in love with him. He, I mean, I would say Ray is probably the closest to you in general outlook. <laughs> <laughs> He deals with things with humor. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, there's another character who's introduced a little bit later in the book, though, um, oh. a child who yes. is probably my favorite. Oh, there's um, and there's a couple of characters I can't mention because they'd be really spoilery. Exactly. So I can't say those, but it, it's definitely like, oh, my God. And I love uh, Tantanelli. It's like everybody you meet and you spend time with, you become so attached to them and just like how everybody wants it to be, these characters are complicated and layered and they they feel like real people and I wish they were my family. I love them. There are a lot of characters in this book uh, in a way that in a lot of respects could be very overwhelming in a lot of different storytelling styles, especially because the author really spends time to have character development for all of them. Some of them are, you know, they they only have a few pages of screen time and some of them are main characters, but all of them have like a, a trajectory or a growth over the course of it. Something about the way the story is told, though, like every character, like you said, feels so real mm-hmm. that it didn't feel overwhelming. I I oh definitely I not. knew them and they had individual voices and wants. Yes. Dreams and wishes. There was um I'm I'm making a comparison. These things are not the same, but it reminded me of Stephen King, where it's kind of like we're going to focus on somebody and we're going to go off on a little bit of a bird walk about this person and their role and how they fit into this and their backstory. Um and it's just like it it just plays out so wonderfully. And it's because you know, a life is made up of lots of characters and every character that comes into your story is important. So it feels like they both have this respect for shining lights on what could even be like a supporting or tertiary character to be like, no, like, look at this. This is really interesting. And I can tell you about this person. And it helps you to kind of keep everybody straight in your head too, because you're like, oh yeah, this is blah, blah, blah. They were a fisherman. They were, you know, you remember them because you learned so many details upon meeting them. Something else that the author does is, uh, is, is she'll switch perspectives in the middle of a chapter. Like, mm-hmm. like, I mean, one paragraph we'll be talking about what one character is thinking and the next paragraph will be the thoughts of another character. Again, something that's not, if not masterfully done, could be confusing, but it it really does a lot to even just have those snippets of what is the perspective of this other person. Right, right. And I've kind of had this little philosophy in my head for a while, um, <laughs> which is, you know, I believe spiritually that every living thing matters, but some um, some people really suck. So I kind of <laughs> like to say every living thing matters until it proves itself unworthy, <laughs> basically. But it's like every little thing matters. Every, it's like 
at all these little creatures and all these little characters and all these little things that make up a life, they all matter because they all are part of these little creeks that flow into the, the river of a story. And and even more important than everything matters, everything has its impact. Yeah. yeah. Everything, everything, everyone, every every creature, everything leaves its imprint on the world and on you. Um, I think it's going to be just the timing. Maybe not, but there is a... <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> if you are big fans of the Disney fan and of Disney, I can't speak today. If you are big fans of the Disney film Encanto, as we are at John Rich and yep. you will have some Encanto energy. There's vibes. And I hope that both of these things just can play off of each other and make everybody love both pieces of media so much. They're very different. They're not even oh, set yeah. in the same country, anything like that. But I mean, it's a magical family. It's a matriarchy. Um, you know, like there are like little pieces of it that you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think it's unfortunate that this book came out so close to Encanto and we we're reading it so close to us watching it, Be you know, because I think that that there is a risk of comparisons to be made. But this is a very unique story in and outside of that. It's it's a fun to me. It ended up being a, a fun like uh, parallel Oh, yeah. They're just like, it's kind of like, if you like this, try that is more the vibe, I hope, because they're both so different and, and so wonderful from each other. But yeah, but of course, there's a little bit of, you know, I don't know, a little bit of the same thing going on. Um, as far as recommended audience, I could I think of nothing but mass. It's mass. It's this 100 percent mass book. Appeal book. I, there's, there's not even a question in my mind. And such girl power in this book, too. There is a lot of girl power, but I mean, this is the kind of book that that belongs that belongs and would be on that like that like pivotal that pivotal spot in, in the front of a bookstore with a display. Yes, like hey, the biggest books right now, and you've got an entire shelf filled with this book. This is how that it is worthy of that. It hundred percent, hundred percent. I can no think of nobody that wouldn't like this. <laughs> Okay, we're being a bit facetious. Of course, some people are going to not like this book, but um, I, I think it transpires against all different types of readers, um, a lot of different ages, I could see as well. Walks of life, tastes of books, tastes of genre, people who don't read genre fiction to people who read all different kinds of genre books we talk about on this show. It's the kind of book that I would recommend to anyone who reads you know, a book a year. Hey, Maybe this is your book. <laughs> if you're going to do one, perhaps it should be. Oh, I agree. I could not agree more. Um, I want to talk more in depth about some of these fascinating characters and twists in our story. So if you want to hear that too, we'll meet you in the spoiler section. Hey, Bookworm Buddy, don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review. And while you're at it, find us on Instagram at Genre Junkies. My real favorite character is the river monster. Of course it is. I'm sorry. It's the spoiler section. We're just, we're going to jump right in. Um, I absolutely loved him. I loved him so much when Orcadia knew him as a, as a child. And then when they all meet up with him later in life, um, I, I think he is wonderful. He is at one point called an indignant little creature. <laughs> um, 
and it just i just love him well, especially the scene the scene later on when he comes up and he's being held like a little like just in yeah. the hands of this little child and Rhiannon even says you're so cute <laughs> <laughs> and this but it's sad because as people stop believing in him he yeah. diminishes but even just in the course of that conversation he gets bigger yes and he eats one of ray's petals it's <laughs> <Just> rude <laughs> poor ray but he he like grows <laughs> a little bit more from that too um and then of course where would we be without our rooster who protects our family Gabo! i love him love him uh it just it's so magical this book just is it makes you feel good it makes you feel feelings of love all different types of love it's really just it's touching it's a very touching book Without being cheesy at any time, yeah, and it and it's it's dark. I mean, it's oh, yeah. it's definitely a, a a book full of some adult themes, um, but it magic's real. Yeah, like I like I don't want to say like you know our 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 big book of twenty twenty one Cerulean Sea. It's not it's not the kind of like warmth from that where everything is just like always everything's gonna be fine exactly yeah um this definitely this definitely is darker than that kind of thing but i agree it just it just feels so magical at all times yeah and the magic is real when the book starts out you're kind of like wait are they like pulling my leg how real is the magic but no it's absolutely real and it's so great because when something's just real like that, the characters run out of space to question it. It's perfect. You know, just like, you know, when everybody starts having roses sprouting out of their skin. It, it, it just it just, it is, just what is. It is. And people are like, is it a body modification? And people see it and they recognize that it's real. And, um, you know, and, and uh, what, what was uh, Mari Mar's, you know, tryst? Uh, it was a Chris. Oh, I that think is, his name is Chris. Chris, yeah, sweet little boy. Like all, that, like I know the poor, <laughs> the poor boy. But you know when he when he got attacked by the vines, yeah, um, he recognized that it was real. He kind of you know all of the like the weird kind of magical things that he was noticing. Like he kind of didn't want to believe in them, and so just kind of like yeah kind of like pushed him aside i'm not going to think about it right i have to be rational which that's that's actually one of the one of the most believable things it's like mike when sullivan too yes when confronted with magic it's like you you recognize it you remember it yeah. you see it and you don't even you know it's not even like an, a, a rationalization like yeah. oh well you know it's because the moon hit you know you know the moon cast a shadow just like this it's like no that is what i saw but yeah. i am just incapable of thinking further on yeah. why and what that means i just don't have the room for that yeah <laughs> um but i think it's kind of sweet too how uh some people in the area of four rivers is afraid of the family but at the same time not everybody is and kind of like sheriff paladino you know that and then also back in um Orcaria's village in ecuador it's like they have this a little bit of reverence for them you know yeah. like a little bit of like this is kind of, these people are kind of special and and i kind of like that too um i mean of course everybody's not going to get the magic and be comfortable with it but people do that in non-magical ways too like i mean look at isabel and her daughter like she loves her but she makes horrible choices yeah i, I felt i felt so much for isabel especially i mean even before me too they 
They raise, raise her, her from the dead. I love what that. What a fantastic scene. Loved it. And that was another thing where it's where it, it is the most fantastical, well, second most, but up to that point, the most truly fantastical like there was even no hint that this would really be something that was possible Mm -hmm. kind of fantasy in there and they're just like okay this is kind of weird but it is what it is oh well there was something about the the overall spirituality of this book that i really appreciated too there's a part when um when she's little, I think it's Rakidia, and she's praying to chip statues of the Virgin Maria and little G- Jesus, but um, Kate was met with nothing but silence. So it's kind of like, all right, we don't know where gods are in this book, but there are definitely spirits, there are definitely spiritual beings, and there's magic. And that's like, I love that so much. I love that so much. Just the little intricacies that make up the universe that we can't explain. But they're not all powerful. They're not all powerful. And the other thing is is that this book um, not only opens every door uh, of, you know, spirituality in its book and and you know origins it doesn't close any doors behind it as it does it absolutely because you you have the river monster who is clearly a you know a, a spirit an earth spirit yeah that is you know based on belief um which is a you know kind of a kind of a, a common idea amongst gods if you will that they're mm-hmm. as powerful as the people who believe in them yes um and then which speaks to something about um the world moving on and immigrant experience and stuff that i find really fascinating the pollution of the waters and the the you know lack of respect towards the earth absolutely but it, forgetting their roots but you also have a uh a, a greater than earth spirit, a star child, an angel, an alien. Yeah. Uh, were you expecting secret aliens? Were you nope. expecting this to be an alien story? And I, Lazaro, and I love him. I love him. Yes. He's a great character. That's another example. Tragic and beautiful. It's absolutely tragic. And another example of, you know, Orchidia really kind of, kind of screwed him over, but... Even he recognized like it was out of hurt and fear. I love that passage when she's taking more than she should from him. And she's she's taking what everyone's always taken from her. And it's so relatable because you want to be mad, right, at her for, you know, kind of putting this curse on her family. But it's like, no, she was hurt. She's a person. She might be a magical person, but she's still a human. And the person who understood her best is the, the the person who understood her best and the person who honestly could have been her her greatest friend and ally is the one that she the her first wish was to wish away from her. Mm. Mm. What's that say? Oh, poor Perdito. Poor Perdito. Magic comes with a price. Yeah, that was a that was kind of an extreme price. You don't know what the price is going to be though. I know. In all of these stories when there's magic and everybody says and the star guy told her a whole bunch of times, remember, consequences. Yeah. And you just you you have to be willing to lose everything. I think that's one of those things that's human nature. You know, you can tell someone up, down, left, and right about how much something is going to cost you, but until you feel that that cost, it 
not real to you. Yes. I think that happens in- Oh, I'll pay anything. I'll pay anything. Right. Will you? Will you? And I think that that's always beautifully illustrated in books, but that's a thing that happens in real life too. Um, There's, like you said, there's some parts that are very, um, Ray and I are cut from the same cloth. I loved this one so much. I mean, I could have just highlighted everything Ray said said and did because I loved him. But um, Orquidia is saying, I spared you my birthdays, which is why I'm asking you to celebrate my death. That's a bit morbid, Ray said. And I happen to love morbid. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yes, you do. That's why we're friends. Um, How much do we love her turning into a tree? Oh, it was, it was the beautiful. whole and like when she's shuffling around on her trunks. Poor Mike, poor Mike Sullivan. Oh, I, he was not. Oh, yeah. He was not cut out to be a part of the family. But you know what? But he was because he had to serve his purpose of fathering Rhiannon. Yes, and then fathering millions of grasshoppers. Um, <laughs> it's it. He was a truly he. Okay, he was a good man overall who was not able to cope. Uh, with the reality, which made him not like super great uh, towards the end. Yeah, he, um, yeah. At the same time. He wasn't like evil though. If, or you, if you think about it though, he was caught into the magic just like Orchidia was caught into the magic initially. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he was kind of, uh, even though he ended up being, you know, great for the most part and did, and did truly love her. Um, he was almost a uh, he end, he ended up being a casualty of the wishes. Yes, like so many. He yeah, didn't really have a choice to, of falling in love with her. That and was we, her wish. And we did have a lot of characters that became um, fodder of the curse. You know, and we lost a lot. We lost a lot of good people. <laughs> lost a lot of good people in this book. Interestingly enough, though, I mean, this family is f- filled with strong women. And the story is driven by strong women. Um, it's the men who, for the most part, are not cut out to live in this world. I think that is a deliberate choice by the author to show the strength and the adaptability of um, of females. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. Um, something that I love about Zoreda's writing, um, such a way with words. Such a way with words from beautiful kind of more poetic language to putting things really simply and succinctly, but it's loaded and it's like packed with a punch. A couple of my favorite um, examples of that was talking about when Anna Cruz was born. Um, She was born prematurely and her uterus slithered out of her body with the baby. Sorry. I'm sorry. It did what now? Yeah. But I mean, like that's it's gruesome. But like we all know what that means, yeah. Um, and then uh, talking about oh, Orchidia's siblings. Some people were born evil. Some people were taught her siblings were both. You know what? Because everybody's not worthy of taking up tons of room in your story. They were important to the story because they helped shape the course of her life. But like, it's not like at the end it's saying like, oh, but you have to love them and be nice to them. It's like no, they're assholes and they didn't earn it. And. At the very and you know, right at the very end, um, it's talking about fighting back with, you know, not just with your blood, but the family you've chosen. Yes, yes. And they are all family by blood, but they also choose each other in the end, and that's really important. I think it's really cool too that a character like 
Uncle Enrique, who does not have a lot to do in this story, but he packs a significant punch. We see him earlier, and he's, I hope I'm saying, and I think it's Enrique, (laughs) who's um, drunk. He has an alcohol problem. He's angry. He's bitter. And you... you think like, oh, he's going to be a villain in this story. You think he's going to be a villain. But you know what? He's not. He's just a sad man. And then there's a part in the book, too, where he, you know, works to earn forgiveness. And and I think it says that somewhere in, near the book, too, we're talking about all the lessons the different family members teach. And I think it's Enrique's forgiveness. Yes. And it's like... Uh, and and apologies 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 and it's like this very powerful you know that sometimes people aren't you know that people can change and that you can like a lot of this book is like looking at the things that make people do what they do and their personalities be what they are it's it's a complication but it's like it's not all anybody is well, you know, and and Orchidia fell into some of the same issues that her mother did in a different way, but she pushed her family away, and it was right. out of fear, yeah, um, as opposed to out of out of shame, right? Well, of course, her mother also was fear as well, the stability, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's another story of generational trauma in that way. Absolutely, when when they all come together for her wake, <laughs> um. Every single person has pain. Yeah. There, there, there's love and there's magic, but there's so much pain and, yeah. and confusion. And every single every single person in that family manage, manages it in a different way. Yes. Enrique just happens to be kind of a jerk about the whole thing. And look, he loses everything and has to start over. That's a lesson, right? It's a lesson. Um. Uh, can I also say I appreciate that Orcadia is a trash goblin like I am, <laughs> collecting little bits of bone and crystal and pictures and dry roses and seashells and safety pins for her altar. I was like, we are friends. We are best friends. One of the things I really, this is kind of how I imagine that, um, you know, that valley working too. Oh, I love the valley. I love the valley. Because some of, I mean, some of the things that she does, like the altar and, and, and you know, that is based on, is based on traditions from where she's from. Mm-hmm. Whereas other things are kind of not and are a little bit more original and a little bit more Orchidia. Yeah, she makes her own traditions. And I, I, yeah. I kind of like the idea of these, this, magic you know these tonics that she's that she's created and and these these stories and and how the fireflies are are fairies and all these things like i because of the power that she's stolen i like the idea that she's really kind of created her own magic yeah she's created her own reality she believes that this is how this works and that is therefore how it works how it works i love that too um I mean, there's something about, again, in there, all of these things are so deep and so layered because you can use that and apply it to your own life in positive ways, right? And I feel like she just did such an amazing job writing this book and writing it very deliberately to come just loaded with things for you to think about. I'll be thinking about parts of this book for years to come without a doubt, Um Speaking of my little guy, my little monster, um, Orchidia, she smiled and her wrinkles deepened. He's not a monster. The monsters look like us. He outlived me. So what does that say? (laughs) 
Uh, so sweet. So what do you think about Marimar being part star person? So, okay. I did not see this, the star person nope. uh, being a thing. And I really, and I don't know why, because looking back, I actually, it was, it was definitely hinted at. Mm-hmm. I did not see her being, um, her being uh, the child of the living star. So cool. That is really neat. I thought that was really smart. Really, really smart. And the reason why I think it's important as well is because the whole family, um, their magic comes from the inheritance of Orchidia, mm-hmm. which is fine. But I also like that there is still someone who makes their own magic. Mm-hmm. Has is not is does not just have a piece of Orchidia, but is someone who has their own magic in the family. Yeah. Um, I really love little Rhiannon too. I think she's so cute and so pure and so smart. Um, and she's, you know, she's going to grow up with a lot of grief like the other kids do. Like this whole family does. Mm-hmm. This whole family has had to deal with grief and death very up close and personal. Um, but it's like she's going to be okay. Like, you just know this about her. Like, she has an understanding of, of nature and the way things work. And um, there's also a lot of this book that challenges our very Western sense of death, which I always love. Always, always love. I mean, the fact that you can die, but you're kind of alive and you become a tree and then you move on. <laughs> and then the ghosts coming and going. Yeah. Or how about how um, the uncle that was cremated and put in the river... Was that Felix? I think it was Felix. Felix. He is still there and listens to them and helps bring the fish around. You know, just kind of like you become a part of everything, literally, around you. And if your family is open to it, you can still visit. You don't, and we just, don't know yeah. we don't know if those ghosts are real ghosts or if they're, you know, all of them parts of them that are coming back to manifest as those ghosts. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter beautiful beautiful yes it is that like i said there are just there's phrases and layers upon layers of this book that i will just be picking apart for years to come and what a powerful author this is that she can do that to you i auto buy for me auto buy and she's gotten uh, a lot of books and we i don't think we've read any of them i think we may have read some shorts from her I'm pretty sure we have. Um, I recognize some of the names of yeah. the shirts. So. Um, also, that was so sweet of, gra- of Great Grandma to give up her fingies. Take a fingy. You might need it. <laughs> <laughs> it. It was a cool countdown, too. I mean, it added to that tension. Yeah. It gave you something to, like, okay, three, two, one. <laughs> right. Oh, and then just before we wrap up, too, this other thought that's kind of implanted with us that... <sighs> Sometimes love is very possessive. I mean, her awful, wretched ringmaster husband did really love her. That was his true love, was her. Yes. But he wanted to possess her and to own her. And that's not it's not good or healthy. But yes, he did still love her. Mm-hmm. It's very, um, very complicated. Love is not pure. Yeah. Love love is not uncomplicated. It can be very selfish and damaging. Like a lot of the ways these mothers... And Orchidea was not a perfect mom either. No. No, no such thing. There's no such thing. There is no such thing. And, and um, 
you know, she definitely created this home around her to, uh, she had the she had the intention of not making the same mistakes that her mother made and she made many of them yeah. in different ways and for different reasons but it, you know that general that generational trauma is strong um we've talked about this also when we've talked about Silvia Moreno Garcia's books who we love um you know there's something really uplifting and touching about talking about you know Ecuador and this small village therein and it's not some dirty, disheveled, backwater place where, God, no one would live. You know, the way that yeah. they sometimes prevent, you know, you know present in media uh, parts of Southern and Central America. Like, it's all just slummy and miserable because no. they're not America. It's beautiful <laughs> and vibrant. And exciting and, yeah. and interesting and a place that people want to be their home and a place with roots and history and, you know, how people's families got there and the mix of the Europeans and the mix of the magic and everything and it's just it's you know you don't get that feeling that we're, you know we're looking at this through sepia tone glasses yeah. you know it's like no it's it's beautiful and vibrant and alive okay scott we've got to figure out a rating for this what are we gonna do i think f- roses or, or or lilies or orchids that's true don't you love that hers turns into an orchid yes. oh grandma i love that um, let's go. Let's go. Flowers. Yes, I'm gonna bushel. give this. I'm gonna give this a solid five out of five. Flowers. Same. Uh, an entire bouquet of them of roses and orchids. It's. It is. It's so beautiful, and it's. It is. And it's different. It's not your. It's not just like your standard rote fantasy novel. You know, it's not. It's not urban fantasy in New York. It's. 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 It's beautiful and wonderful and fun and heartfelt and scary. Mm-hmm. It's great. I absolutely agree. It's an absolutely gorgeous novel. All the flowers out of all the flowers. Um, a beautiful allegory, a, a look at lives and the parts that make up lives and generations and family uh, and the magic of just living and loving people and the world and <laughs> i could go on and on it's a gorgeous book but it's full of pain and some really um gut-wrenching turns to it just like life just like life absolutely beautiful book thank you so much miss cordova for writing it you are a star person yourself superstar superstar all right everybody i'm sandra i'm scott join us next time please keep reading past your bedtime